Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Again, fellow basement dwellers, it's your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Fellas, I'm a little under the weather today, so bear with me. I don't know if the winter has finally, well, I guess not even winter, we're not winter yet, but winter is coming, but my body has gotten pretty sick. I guess is the way that I, I would describe it. Uh, we have two thirds of a bandwagon, or sorry, three fourths of a bandwagon today. I am, of course, joined by uh, my good friend PC Tunney, the live studio audience himself. How are you, sir? Uh, hanging in there, you know, feeling the feeling the changing of the seasons as well. So never good for the sinuses, the head colds, etc. Uh, you you are preaching to a proverbial choir, and of course, the lawyer David Ungar here as well. And sir, you also. We're a little rundown yesterday. How are we feeling today? <laughs> to be honest with you, worse than yesterday. So, um, yeah. That, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll i say this. The the Moderna booster packs a bit of a punch, man. That's, But, yeah, yeah. you talk about seasons changing. It's like it looks like London out here in beautiful Bakersfield because the fog is rolled you in. Got, you got the Moderna booster? I did. I did. And I you s- feel like shit? I, uh 
well, I see, man. I guess pulling the curtain did you back. Feel because, because did you feel I'm, like shit? No, no, not with did the you Pfizer. Feel like shit when you got the second one. Nope, no, nope. With Pfizer, I just felt shot... a little tired. That's it. This oh, because one... you got Pfizer. Okay, so we talked about that because I had the Moderna both shots, yeah. and the first one I was fine. The second one I was out for a day and a half. Yeah, this this one. And I think because I'm immunocompromised, and Pat probably knows this, the pharmacist was like, hey, um, I just want to make sure you know you're switching up, right? And I said, yes, that's intentional. And then he says, well, you know, because you're immunocompromised, we're not going to give you the 0.2 booster. We got to give you the full dose. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so it it is, yeah, I mean, if you think the, the vaccines are not, you know, different from each other, I, I'm waiting for the double mutation. I'm really hoping my spider sense kicks in sometime today. So... So you got the, you didn't get the booster. You basically just got the second Moderna shot to go along with the first two Pfizer shots. Something along those lines. Yes. Okay. So the second Moderna shot is the shot that is the one that made me sick for a day and a half. Like my body processed it really fast though. So I don't know. It was, it was a weird thing. It's not terrible, but it's not, not, I'm going to put it, put it that way, but it's, it's all right. I, uh, I too got my booster, but I, I was Pfizer all the way. So no, no Moderna Pfizer cocktail for, for this wrestling realist, this, this bandwagon nerd. And that folks is your vaccine updated. You now know the vaccination status of three quarters of the bandwagon. Congratulations. Yep. We'll get in on race, personal HIPAA protected business next week on bandwagon nerds. Um, given that people are feeling a little down this may, who knows how this conversation what? I feel great today. I feel great today. Let's get that no, out of the way. You, you know, guys I'm, are sick. I feel great. Okay. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, just get me out. Just get me out of the fucking show. Like, can I just get, get me out of the show? No, no. We do have uh, a bit of, as you sit there, don't you dare play it, by the way. Don't, no, I, I want to I see you're sitting there smiling, and I'm like, is he I wanted to play it yesterday when Patrick's like, did you just K me? And I was like, yeah, I probably did, in, unintentionally. Did. Let's do it during one of the worst chair shot radio hockey talks we've ever seen. Oh, stop! I came to K. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I'll, I'll leave it there. Sorry. You, you, it's like when you say Goldberg three times. at home there you go do you feel at home and you know it's unfortunate live studio audience i don't know if you figured this out or not but yes ray cash unfortunately not with us today I get it. Yeah, they're, they're happy to hear that. It doesn't surprise me at all. But, uh, Ray, we miss you, even if the live studio audience does not. We'll look forward to having you back next week when Patrick O'Dowd won't be on the bandwagon because he has a bowling tournament. So that's right. All right. We'll talk I, off here. Uh, yeah, sorry. I have a bowling tournament. It's a Thanksgiving tournament, and I can win some monies. And, you know, like it's, it's a whole thing. It kind of came up recently this is a recent tournament opportunity so i will i'll leave it at that you won't see me on television though i'm not i'm not that good uh but we are uh we have quite a what's up yeah Listen, never let it be said that we will get in the way of you making some uh some bank man i would never get in the way of you guys making some bank this is why i don't feel bad when i miss to go golfing 
No, not at all. I I do feel like here on the bandwagon that we're pretty cool about oh, lots that? of sick days. Lots of sick days, right. lots of personal time, lots of PTO. We're good to go here. And that personal time expires at the end of the year. And so you got to make sure you get it all used so that you don't lose it before it resets. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely already been talked into not doing as many shows the rest of this year from other podcast people I do other shows with as well. So just wow. so you know, radio network listeners, the, the, the episodes could be coming every other week until the beginning of next 2022. Uh, I don't know that I'd go that far, but or at least not with the, not with the bandwagon. Because as Dave and I talk here, but I'm just saying there's a there's a good handful of shows that may not be regular through the rest of the year. That's fair. The holidays are hard, and I think we all know that. Like it's just tough. With I mean, Thanksgiving's this week, and uh, you know we'll we'll be getting into that. We are we do have a few topics to as we do every week. We're not going to do a trailer park. We're going to kind of do a special dedicated single topic trailer park. Uh, to wrap up the show with the last Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropping and and a lot of news and rumors that got fueled after that trailer dropped and and some of it celebrity trolling, some of it just, well, a lot of it celebrity trolling, let's just put it out there, and then just analyzing that trailer as to what could be. But I figured we'd talk a little Harry Potter today, which I don't know that we've ever talked Harry Potter on this show ever. Uh, so Some Lethal Weapon today? Uh, yeah, look at that thumbs up, and and just because Dave and I love to talk about heavier topics all the time on this show, we're gonna talk about the hot mess that is going on at Activision, and just my God, how how bad is that? But before we get into any of that, we are going to jump into episode five of Lock and Key. Terrific, terrific episode. And we're just going to dive right in. I'm going to hit the music. And stop. I love the, I, I think I've decided, Dave, you, you know, I, I approve of the abrupt stop instead of the fade out. Like, like, I've decided that that's just that's, I, it's going to be. Did I get that clip? You did. I don't think that that's the way it ends. And that's the way the 18 seconds on my soundboard. Fucking A. Sorry. Eh? <laughs> See, that's I've, got, right. I've got the fade out on mine, but, you know, Greg's the only one who really wants to the fade my out. My name's Dave. I'm the big nerd with the fade out. I'm awesome. I was just doing that to you. I do that to appease okay. our okay. our sensei, Miss Pre Pre Sick Patrick is taking no prisoners today. That is right. I am laying it all on the line, and I'm even going to lay it further on the line in talking about this episode by stealing a line from the great Chris Jericho. Or no, no, sorry, not Chris Jericho. Oh, Brian Danielson. I at the time known as Brian da- Daniel Bryan. Let's hear it for me, because. Didn't I tell you that everybody would figure shit out by episode five or six at the latest as to who was who? Go back and listen to the archives if you don't believe me shaking your head, Tony. I was right. 
Everybody now knows Gabe is Dodge. Eden's all messed up and is a demon. We got it all revealed. And this guy, your host, got it right. Let's hear it for me. Let's hear it for me. Yeah, that's right. Hear it for me. How awesome am I? Thank you. Oh, look at what he do you know what he's talking about, Dave? I don't remember any of this. Dave nodded. <laughs> no. I you know just, what I'm talking about. I, I, it's, I seem to recall something about episode five, but it's neither here nor there. Congratulations. Let's get, in, <laughs> let's get into it, huh? That's right. Here's the Channeling Ray Cash. Look at this. Well, you know, I miss him, even if the audience doesn't. <laughs> you yes today we are talking about episode five the exact halfway point of this 10 episode season and the reveal to the kids has been made as we find out officially that gabe is dodge uh and and we learn about it through a couple of different ways because kenzie learns about it uh by jumping into eden's mind and Bodie learns it by taking the anywhere key and go visiting an old friend, Rufus. That was uh, awesome. Who, yeah, we haven't seen it forever. And it was so great. And to see those, like that double drawing. And so, Co- or not Cody, Cody, uh, Bodie is going to be stopping by. And I think he's going to be the one who will then answer the, who did we get rid of? Because we all know who that was. Um, so... Yeah, we also got Duncan's memories back. A lot happened in this episode. It was really, really cool. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Tony, I'm going to start with you because I loved your statement that you put in the Dan <laughs> Wagner DM chat yeah. after you finished the episode. So why don't you give us your thoughts on this week's episode of Lock and Key? So with all the the numerous things we watch, you know, wrestling being part of it, and then the number of shows we watch here, and just the content that we all, you know, consume on our own, um, I generally save watching Lock and Key for about, you know, about an hour or so before football starts on Sundays. And then that way it's fresh in my mind. And also, I don't have time then to go ahead and watch the next episode right away, because today <laughs> I did i totally did but the packer game was on at noon and i was like uh it's probably not good podcasting if we know more than we're supposed to at this point so what a really good ending to this episode it's just more great writing the cast is awesome i uh i I don't know it's interesting i'm I'm playing ahead in my head what's gonna happen because you we close with gabe showing up and you know greeting kinsey kinsey greeting him at the door i i would have to think that they're going to play it cool and not give their cards away as of yet, but we'll see what happens. It's really interesting. They go into Eden's mind and see what's happened, how the, how the bullet from, from the door hit her has taken over her mind and the memories she sees in there. I would imagine we're getting closer to Kinsey and Scott getting back together. Um, Tyler also having the realization that he threw somebody else into that door and I don't know if he put two and two together yet on who he actually threw in there. Maybe he did there in that in his face, but I, I don't know. Dave's shaking his head. No, but what a, what a fucking awesome episode, right, Dave? Yeah. The uh, show really took a, a sharp 
turn in the not that anything was the wrong. Pace. Yeah, not it really picked up the pace. pace picked up. Nothing was wrong with the first oh, four and, episodes. Go ahead, Tony. And and Mrs. Locke got a little bounce chicka wow. I was oh, I was like, yo. Oh my! And, and her boyfriend now realizes that the bullet is gone, which creates a whole new level of what the he's, fuck is going on. I, yes or no, you guys? I think he's going to cause more problems than than um, solutions. In my opinion, oh, man. So I don't. I don't know if he's going to be like this historian that shares something that they don't know or what. But in his frantic search, it's not an accident that the last image you get of his study is a picture of the gate. What was he frantically looking for there? The bullet. The bullet, uh, the bullet in his house. Oh, and that's what Tyler and Eden stole it. Tyler and Eden stole, they stole it. it. And then they got, yeah, that's right. Tyler and Eden didn't right. steal it. Gabe and Eden stole it. Oh, yeah. Gabe and Eden. Sorry. Yeah. Tyler's a good guy. Tyler is a good guy. You're right. uh, I, I love this episode because I, I think the the scene where Kinsey and Scott invade Eden's mind. I mean, and and. And I was like wondering yeah. when Eden was dra- <laughs> draining a whole thing of Jack Daniels and taking Jello oh, shots, yeah. and I'm like, I wonder if demons <laughs> can get drunk. Well, apparently so. Yeah. And and she yeah. got what all hammered on this, and and then Eden and Scott go in there, and those creepy mannequins really added an element of of uh of just yeah creepiness to that whole thing. What, but what are those? That is one of those things that gives me the heebie-jeebies, the jerky movement thing. Yeah. Uh, like if you, like, if you watch like ghost movies and stuff, when the ghosts sit there and do all the jerky movement stuff, like, no, thank you. Yeah. And they accentuated the shit out of it in that scene. Cause everybody's doing the jerky movements, like five or six, uh, white face mannequins. You just kept waiting for the mannequins to move. Right. Like it was just so intense. Stop it. I'm scared. Stop it. I'm frightened. I'm, I'm frightened. But, but, uh, yeah, go ahead, Dave. No, just just such a great episode, and and I mean, and Eden or um, not Eden, uh, Kinsey's realization as to just what is going on that hits her even before she sees, you know, the revelation that Gabe has dodged. She knows already that something's seriously wrong. Uh, Bodie, Bodie, right. yeah, Bodie goes to Nebraska to see Rufus. I agree with you, Pat. He's going to be the one to put it all two and two together. That oh shit, we threw Ellie into the gate. And well, the question now I, is, do they go know- in there and get her? Well, here's the thing is I actually wonder about that. I I wonder. (laughs) Right. I actually wonder if Tony's not more right on this and that Tyler figures it out based on what Bodie tells them. Right. Because like Bodie wasn't there when they tossed her in the gate. Right. Like I think it was just the teenagers. Bodie wasn't down there. So that leads me that leads me to wonder if if it won't be Tyler that figures it out after Bodie's like. Tell me, you know, because he's asking Rufus to tell him everything that he saw and that, you know, then he'll come back with that information and be able to say somebody was switched. So he's going to know, one, that Dodge isn't gone and he may, it may it's not going to be a stretch for him to be like, oh, yeah, it's totally, totally Gabe. But, um, yeah, it was a very, um, yeah, it was just like all this stuff. I actually loved the title of this episode which was like the past as a prequel or something like that. I think past is prologue is the name of that. And so that that's the other thing that I loved about this is that they're telling you that this is all leading to the last five episodes of the season and, and, and things really setting up. This is the, this is the foundation for the ratcheting up and speed of what's going to happen next. So yeah, I think that 
you're right, Tony. I think they're going to play it cool. I think they're going to try to act like nothing's wrong, that Kinsey's going to have to pretend like she still likes Gabe. And I think that, that you know, at least for a while before everybody, like maybe it's an episode or two before everybody's cards are on the table. Um, and we get the you're too late moment before the we think it's all better, but it's not. Do they use the memory key on mom at some point? I don't know. So. Maybe. I don't know if they need to with her. I mean, she's off doing her thing with uh, whatever the hell his name is. Josh, Jess, who uh, I forgot. Josh. Josh. So I, I don't know if they need to use it on her, but Duncan is well, probably going he, to be the big, just the difference maker in the back half of this season. I'm thinking. Sure. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how much sense it makes um, just yet, although it would make their lives a lot easier if mom knows and can remember what's going on. You know what I mean? Like it would just it would make some sense in, in that regard. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, not a lot of other threads to really pursue in this episode, though. Dodge, by the way, doing everything that they could to get any key that they could was fat. It was kind of funny to watch too. Like, Hey, can I hold sure. this key? Hey, maybe you should give me Let this me key. That one. For safety. But, and and yeah. I understood the memory key. I, I actually, as I thought about it afterwards, I understand why Dodge would want the memory key so badly. Cause Dodge doesn't want anybody to know and remember anything about them. Well, so sure. Cause they were looking at some old pictures too and, right. and figuring out what, what their what, um, and it's how they found the the key too, is the saying that was on the bench and the Locke family had donated it. And Gabe slash Dodge was really kind of giving it away there as, you know, Tyler's like, they look like a, a normal, regular group of people or whatever in, in certain phrasing. And Gabe was like, yes, they were. I mean, yes, they do. You know, right. you had to correct like. You know, no way they would have figured that out that, you know, that was what was going on yet. But, sure. you know, you can see the slip ups by Gabe remembering and almost you can see in that moment feeling bad, I think, like thinking because like the facial expression that I got was remorse, like that I'm in so deep that it doesn't matter anymore. But like, I really do kind of feel bad because those were just regular kids, too. You know, I got all of that out of the facial expression from from the comment that Tyler made about the, the photo. Yeah, it was very, very well done. It was, it was very, very well done. It was very cool. And um, again, I think it just it sets up well for for what's next. So five episodes to go where I was trying to do the math today means that what will end right at the end of December on this one, because we got a couple weeks left in November and then December, depending on holidays and how that works, we're, we're getting close. So very exciting stuff. Dave, is my math wrong? No, your math is right. We got a uh, witcher coming up in a couple of weeks though. That's going to be the December 26th episode would be our review of the, the, day? the final episode day after Christmas, Christmas presents. When does, and when does witcher, witcher start that same week? December 14th. I think witcher. Starts. Oh, is it that? Or? I think so. Somebody look it up. But I thought can it... we... So can I put something on the table here? If, if Witcher starts earlier than the progression of doing one episode a week, can can we can we wrap this up quicker than not to, to do get to Witcher? Because like, yo, 
I, I, I want to know what the fuck's going on here. Um, I understand uh -huh. if you say no, but I'm just throwing it out there. I see you both smiling. I think you're both doing the same thing I am, he where you haven't read anything. Two episodes that has actually a week, happened. Pat. There you go. No, I mean, you could just have one week that's two episodes or whatever. If it's earlier or maybe, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, I How's this? I'm struggling I, today. I, I, how's this? Yeah, I, I actually, you, you guys, I, hold that thought, Tony. And we will save that for the final segment of the show. Because remember, I changed Patrick O'Dowd has a question to pitch something to a member oh. of the bandwagon. And so I actually had a different idea. Can you pitch, that? Can you pitch Dave? that, Dave? I wanted to, I had something to pitch about robotic vaginas. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going nah, to defer to you're you, just Tony. Asking, <laughs> you're just asking for booze. You're just, you're just asking for booze. You better, I'll, I'll shut up after this, but you better hope Ray doesn't show up and pitch the idea of covering Hawkeye as well, because I know you don't want to do well, that. <laughs> it's it's funny uh oh to listen to you guys okay I think <laughs> you guys are adorable um we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then we're gonna go into some news around the nerdosphere when we come back you're listening to bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network a part of the chairshot.com Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Where's Patrick's voice? <laughs> You're on mute. So, kids, when <laughs> podcast. Don't take your headset off and put it on the touchpad of the mouse, therefore causing it to switch to a commercial mid-commercial while doing your podcast. Additionally, 
Remember that if you've muted your microphone during said commercials, that you also unmute your microphone before you talk. This has been your public service announcement from Patrick O'Dowd of Bandwagon Nerds. Do, 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 do. Before Where I forget, can, can I just tell you, if we did if we did episode six and seven next week, eight and nine the week after, we could do the finale the 12th and The Witcher starts on the 17th. I just didn't want to forget. 17th, okay. I feel good. I'm drinking. Wait, so The Witcher starts the same day that No Way Home comes out. Wow. It's going to be a busy day. Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry. Hold on a sec. A little. This, pre- this pre-sickness from Patrick O'Dowd is brought to you by the Chairshot uh, T-shirt store. You can find that at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. Check it out. Patrick O'Dowd himself is wearing a hashtag. Uh, what is that? Save Tag Team Wrestling today? There you go. It's an official Chairshot.com T-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd. Yes. And so. Christopher Platt also likes to say, if you need a holiday t-shirt, go ahead and grab Jesus Did the Job. Your grandma will like it, and wrestling fans will adore it. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, where we encourage you to use the promo code Robotic Vagina. See, now I was going to ask if there was a legitimate promo code, given that it's Thanksgiving season. I figured there would be one. I don't know what it is. Platt Blast 2024. That's the promo oh, code. Okay. You know what, Dave? Can Canada, we just stop? Here can I come. Just, can you just hit the music for news around the nerdosphere so we can move forward with the show? For the love of God, why is Robotic Vagina back? You said it. You brought it up. Hit the music. Okay. Uh, this feels so gross because you're making robotic vagina jokes and we're about to talk about sexual misconduct at Activision. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. What is happening on this show today? That's right, folks. So the first topic that I wanted to talk about, and Dave actually brought it up as a possible uh, conversation, as there was a report that came from the Wall Street Journal um uh, not uh, not too long ago, I can't. It was like the 16th, I want to say. It was either the 16th or the 15th. It was earlier in the week, uh, basically documenting the the sexual misconduct that CEO of Activision Bobby Kotick, I think that's how you said it, knew in terms of like long and widespread sexual harassment and discrimination going on at the video game company Activision and y'all leave it to anybody out there who wants to read the reports and, and that, that story in of its in and of itself is disgusting. Uh, But that, that was followed up by a report from, and the article that I went with, and it was reported again, widely, it was a national news story um, that employees. uh, And this was a report that came out on the 17th employees, over a hundred employees, staged a walkout this past Tuesday calling for Kodak to step down as CEO. And uh, Dave, I'll, I'm going to turn it to you um, in regards to this mess. I mean, in an unprecedented in an unprecedented move, Sony and Microsoft, both within an hour of each other, denounced this guy uh, and also were like, step down like step down and it's so nuts that activision then put out a report 
following the Wall Street or a statement following the Wall Street Journal report, basically saying the board remains confident that Bobby Kotick appropriately addressed workplace issues brought to his attention. I just how what's your reaction? And like you're the one who brought this uh, wanted to, to, to kind of bring this to the floor. It's disgusting. It's gross. But your thoughts on this horrible, horrible case. I mean, from the standpoint of gamers everywhere, Activision Blizzard is one of the most recognized names in video game history. You know, World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, all this other stuff. Uh, but yeah, when you start reading the stuff that was in the Wall Street Journal, years of widespread sexual misconduct, sexual harassment. Uh, I don't know if they've gone so far as to say sexual assault, but it wouldn't surprise me. But with the knowledge of the CEO, Bobby Kotick, who is just basically green, I don't know about green lit it, but just has been in in has taken a lot of inaction with it. And now you've got a whole bunch of these Activision Blizzard employees are saying this is bullshit. We don't want to stand for it. You got a hundred of them walking out. Like you said, yeah, I mean, Nintendo, not Nintendo. I mean, I'm surprised Nintendo hasn't jumped in as well. But they don't really, you know, Activision Blizzard isn't big on any of the Nintendo consoles, so it doesn't surprise me. Sony and Microsoft are very different. You know, those those are the more powerful systems where the Activision Blizzard games are. But yeah, when, when you got Sony and Microsoft denouncing your corporate policy and your investigation of everything and, and saying you need to step down, and you've got, you know, and that's like that's like Marvel and DC or WWE and AEW coming out and jointly saying this is bullshit and this needs to change. Uh, and I would go so far as to say Microsoft and Sony's relationship is much more acrimonious than Marvel DC or WWE AEW. So for those two mega companies to come out with a joint statement, like you were saying, Pat, within not joint, but within an hour of each other, uh, if that doesn't kind of clue you in on the magnitude of this, then I don't know what will, because you don't see that never happens. The two, those two companies doing anything on the same page uh, is very, very, very rare. So yeah, that's a big deal when you've got something of that magnitude. And it just, it, I, and this is stuff we've heard for years that there was a, a culture of harassment at Activision Blizzard that is just now starting to kind of come to the surface. And uh, it's unfortunate, you know, when you've got a, a company that size, that is you just, know, is just. I, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go off. ahead, man. I mean, just I'm sitting here thinking out loud. In hindsight, being everywhere, everything. I wish we um, would have thought to bring, uh, you know, our like closest thing that we have to a video game expert NDP uh, onto the show this week, knowing that Ray was going to be absent to kind of get his thoughts on this. Because call him up, Tony. You know, you know this company by itself is um, is one problem, but it, it's. The video game industry in general has a real systemic history of sexual harassment. And whether that's within companies, and, and I know people within the industry who haven't had nearly as awful of the experiences that we're talking here, but have experienced it, to just like the Gamergate thing that, that's been going on. Go ahead, Tony. Vice TV uh, had its series on gaming, and I think it's still going. And and one of the big episodes was about the you know uh, misogynistic views of, of of video gamers, right? And and lacking the you know internal fortitude and and you know drive for coexistence and inclusion to include people that weren't you know just teenage boys. So that's just kind of a 
uh, uh, problem with that culture. It's it's really it, I think the most interesting thing to me is that like where we are now, like there's nowhere for you to hide anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you need to get out in front of this shit because everybody has their things. And it, when I think about Sony and Microsoft coming together to do this, I think try to think of the worst reason they did is because maybe we're more enamored with the fact that they're actually coming out with a joint statement than the fact that, Hey, let's, let's check in your closet over there too. You know, let's make sure everything's going right over there. I mean, we're sitting on the heels of, of, um, I can't remember her name, but the Chinese tennis player who yeah. was basically, you know, uh, has been held hostage by her own government. If you, if you want to connect the dots for, for coming out and, and saying that there was sexual abuse with her and, and, and the WTA talking about pulling a $10 billion contract, uh, to go over and, and have things happen in China for, for the finals of their, you know, season. So, I mean, when, when companies like Sony and Microsoft come together and you got the, you know, the, the professional tennis saying they're going to pull $10 billion contract and just not worry about the money and figure it out and be more worried about what's happening. That's positive strides. So hopefully, you know, we, we can get to not have these stories like this, you know, in the near future. When you talk about the culture of, of what's going on. Okay. So let, let's, Unfortunately, this is a real thing. You know, this is bandwagon nerds. You know, we talk about nerd culture and stuff like that. There are a lot of guys in these companies who grew up, you know, gamers, not exactly popular with the women, not exactly scoring with the girls or whatever it is. So they go and they get some power and it goes to their head and you see it happening with it's not just Activision Blizzard. There's lots of these companies who who have this same kind of, well, I got some power now. Let me exploit it. Well, you can't do that in 2021. And and that's been going on at Activision. I mean, this isn't the first time we've heard well, about this. I, I just I want to and you shouldn't have done it ever is what we all want to say. There uh, too. I do I do want to key on on one thing. This like yeah, this you can't do that in 2021. You shouldn't have been able to do it ever. You shouldn't. Right. Th- this we shouldn't all have something that. was so acculturally acculturated that we're like, you know, you can't do that now. Like back in the 80s, it should have happened in the 80s. It shouldn't happen in the 50s. Right. Like whatever, no. whatever. As a show in total, the four of us, right. we don't condone it at any point. We're just oh, talking no. about the change in times. That's all. And, and I do think that it has – it's the policing of uh, – you know, and, and that's where the Gamergate thing is, is interesting, is the unwillingness to police one another uh, within that and, and the unwillingness of companies to police their users uh, when it comes to this. It's the same thing – that you see in social media and the backlash when somebody writes something inflammatory on Twitter uh, or on Facebook or on Instagram or in, you know, on Twitch or whatever, these companies are wrestling with their role and not really standing behind the community standards that they put out or they overcorrect in ways that I find fascinating. Like Facebook is one of my favorite examples of just like how, they don't have a fucking clue how to, how to manage their users and be consistent. I got like we hear people joke about being put in quote unquote Facebook jail and all the time. Like I got flagged once for tagging a friend of mine whose name happened to be similar to a music band that has a Facebook page, and I got accused of spamming for the band. Like I thought I was an, I thought I was a bot and and putting out ads and it's like, that's not even something inflammatory. That's just 
one of these community standard things. When when you look at the 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 Gamergate stuff, uh, or you look at these things that are happening within corporate America, the lack of repercussions allows it to persist. Uh, and to say, oh, we take this seriously, like that's you know the the things like staging a walkout. Like the the whole point of that is to make that headline so that people can start to pay attention to be like, hey, this this is wrong. And something needs to be done. And here's the other piece of it. This CEO stepping down is just a piece uh, of the problem because it was a it was a company-wide problem. It wasn't just him. There's others that are in that company that are perpe- that, that helped perpetuate that culture. And that's what it was. It was a culture. So yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there and there's a lot more to come. And Dave, what do you what do you give? How many how many days do you think this guy steps down, or do you think he sticks it out until they oust him? Uh, you know, Kodak's been there for many many years, and my gut instinct says he's not going to step down because they're doing everything they can to actively say we think he adequately addressed this. Um, so I think you're going to have to get the pressure building even more. The walkout's good because it 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 got. You know, grab some mainstream attention to an industry that uh, video games are a massive mammoth industry, but still there it's not looked upon like the same like the Netflix controversy when they walked out. I mean, you can't say Activision Blizzard and Netflix are on the same level as far as uh, penetration in the public mindset. You know, so I think with this, you get this walkout, you get more mainstream coverage. Wall Street Journal's a good start. Let's see if you start getting some of the bigger outlets jumping in on this thing and then the pressure will build and he'll have to do something. But I, I wouldn't expect it until, you know, it's going to be weeks if, if, if at all, because they, they seem to be dug in right now with saying, Hey, we think he did everything right. And that my friend is unfortunate. So we'll have to see what happens next. I don't want to stay too much of a downer on news around the nerve sphere. So I'm going to awkwardly transition to something a little more, exciting at least for for some of us i don't i don't know uh we'll do a quick one sorry dave's nodding emphatically i think tony a little less so hbo announced this week that um we're gonna be having another reunion show if you remember hbo max did a friends reunion show that we talked up a little bit here uh when it aired i think that uh tony was the first one to watch it talked about how it was a pretty good pretty good little reunion show and worth it well it looks like hbo is doing it again and we'll be bringing back the original cast of Harry Potter to to host a reunion show. And Radcliffe and Grint and um, shit, what's her name? Emma Watson. Emma Watson are all on board to be a part of this. And I'm sure many, many others will be as well. You know, not a lot of details as to what the, this will be about. Dave... Thoughts on thoughts on the Harry Potter as a you know I don't know if you read the books or if you just saw the movies or what Everything. but your thoughts on the franchise you know the 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 problems with J.K. Rowling notwithstanding um, talk to us a little bit about Harry Potter don't smirk because I don't want to get on that soapbox and argue with you that woman is a transphobe and has some problems but anyway the books are a lot of fun. Give us your thoughts on the Harry Potter world. It is one of my the greatest things that I've read that I could honestly say all all what was it seven books and eight movies, and I read it all. 
I read The Cursed Child, which was kind of more like a play. I'd love to see them turn that into a movie because I think there's some potential there. I absolutely love Harry Potter, the franchise. I still remember very vividly going to see that last Deathly Hallows Part 2 and and just so many emotions because it's you can really draw a lot of comparisons between Harry Potter and the MCU, you know, because you've got it is so hard to keep cast members together for that period of time. Harry Potter did it. MCU did it. And I, you know, I love the Harry Potter stuff. I, I it was one of my favorite franchises. I still, you know, love watching that. And I mean, it was it was so great because the progression of the storytelling was just it started off very young adult kid friendly. And by the time you got to Goblet of Fire, things started to change and it got darker. And by the time you get to Deathly Hallows, it's not very kid friendly. I mean, it is, but it's not. And I, I absolutely love the Harry Potter franchise. I'm thrilled that they're going to get together, you know, have everybody together. And because it does, if you get all three of them in the same place at the same time, maybe, you know, they got, they're going to have Chris Columbus there who directed, I think the first two or maybe just the first. Two. Um, so, 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 you know, it, it creates the prospect of maybe you get some momentum built to do something more than other than, um, then uh, what the hell is the Fantastic Beast, which is hit and miss to say the least. Um, I would love to see them go in some direction with this franchise. I mean, it's been almost a decade well, since the last movie came out. The final Fantastic Beast movie comes out next year. Okay. Uh, All right. And they're wrapping that trilogy up. Well, uh, my, what are your thoughts? Did you read the books or would you, what are your thoughts on it? I, I've owned the books. I've read them. I true story. And this is the thing is I can, this is why like, I will like, I love the books. Like I love the books. I, I enjoy the movies thoroughly, have them all watch them all. Don't like the writer. Don't like the author disagree with them, but they put out content. I enjoy I like Michael Jackson music too, but he's a creep. Let's, let's be real. So it, like you can, you can enjoy the content. You can enjoy You can enjoy the art of the artist um, and still condemn the artist. So that's, that's my thing. My, um, I, this is a true story. I got married on the day that the Half Blood Prince book came out. I wanted, I was out on, I did my bachelor party old school night before, after the rehearsal dinner. Me and my groomsmen went, oh, I didn't get home from the strip club until 4 30 in the morning on my wedding day. Wagon <laughs> uh, nerds after dark, baby. And, and, oh, man, shit went down at that. That I yeah. Anyway, it was a good night. I'll tell you guys about it some other time. But part of that evening after dinner had broken, I looked at my best man and was like, dude, you know, the new book, like it comes out at midnight tonight. There's we could go to any bookstore and just pick it up. Now, unbeknownst to me, my wife had already purchased the book. It was waiting for us when we got home from our honeymoon to be picked up and read at our leisure. And so my best man, he talks me out of it. He's like, nah, dude, you don't want to do that. Like, let's just, we're going to have a night tonight. We're going to go out. We're going to have a good time. I'm like, you know what? Good point. So best man does his job. The next morning at the wedding, one of my groomsmen comes up to me and he's like, hey, we ordered it. We actually accidentally got two copies. So here, here's an early wedding gift. He hands me the book on my wedding day. And I'm like, oh, thanks, man. My wife was pissed. Um, she was then doubly pissed as uh, we're on the train to our honeymoon location in downtown Chicago, and I'm reading the book the entire 
like train ride. Now, once we got to the hotel and started, you know, doing our newlywed thing and going and seeing the city and doing all that fun stuff, it of course was put aside. But yes, indeedy, um, I I was uh, I was a big enough Harry Potter fan that I read it shortly after my wedding on the train ride to and from. Uh, and, and enjoyed it thoroughly. So can I tell a Harry for- Potter story then, you know, if we're t- changing, treating, doing so like yeah. you guys, you all know my present wife, you know, Kayleen, she's a big nerd. She loves, you know, I, she had never seen Harry Potter. I in- introduced her to it. She likes it just fine. You know, we've had strong debates about Harry Potter versus twilight. Fine, huh? We don't have to get into that here. My second wife was the biggest anti-nerd possible. So it would be like, my kids at that time, they were real little, you know, real little. So it would just be me flying solo by it is pathetic, man, by yourself in a movie theater, watching all the Harry Potter movies. You know, that was, that was my thing for until of course, you know, the divorce shouldn't be really surprising given that we were that different. But, uh, I, I, I distinctly remember like Deathly Hallows. I mean, sitting around with some of my, you know, good friends, you know, other, other attorneys who were all big Harry Potter fans like me trying to figure out, okay, when Deathly Hallows seven, you know, when Deathly Hallows part one comes out, where's the logical point to stop it before you go to eight and all these great debates and it, it kind of like the Mephisto theory or anything with WandaVision, you have all these wild theories about how they're going to do it. And I, I really enjoyed that. I miss that. I, I don't know if there's a series out there going right now that has that kind of draw. But I, yeah, anything involving those three, the original three, in any sort of fashion, getting them together for the first time really in a decade, yeah, sign me up. I'll be there <laughs> New Year's Day. So, so Tony, you kind of made a lukewarm face. So, as nicely so, as you can, don't hate on Harry Potter. No, no, no. I'm not here to hate on Harry Potter at all, to be honest with you. Um I've never seen all of any movie. I've seen parts of some movies. I've never read any of the books. I've actually considered watching the movies. And it's not like a Lord of the Rings thing where I've tried three different times to watch the first Lord of the Rings movie and fell asleep all three times before the first 30 minutes of the movie even gets there. So I I actually think at some point I will watch the Harry Potter thing. I think it's a great thing for HBO to continue to do, to take shows like Friends and to take shows, uh, movies like uh, Harry Potter and to do those kind of reunions because I'm not even a huge Friends fan. I just grew up in that era and, and I'm a TV guy, so I've seen all the episodes, obviously, but it's not even in my, it would be in my top of my, uh, if I have a list of the best sitcoms of all time, it would be there, but it wouldn't be in my favorite five or 10, right? So I can appreciate something without it being my favorite at some point, much like breaking bad, walking dead, um, throw Harry Potter movies on there. I will consume this media as well. Tony just gave me an idea for what I'm going to pitch at the end of this episode. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay. Um, this, this pitch idea is really taking a, uh, a life that I, that I hadn't really anticipated. I'm it's like that I started this. It's like, it's like best of every I week. Gonna, I got a lot of grievances with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. I, th- I thought it was going to be a little bit more like, hey, pitch an idea, and I would give you like a central theme to then pitch, and, and you would pitch. That oh, is not gee, Patrick, I thought we could all have candy canes for the Christmas episode. Oh, fuck you, Mickey. All right. <laughs> 
Anyway, last we're not really a family company. Oh, that is that is very true. Last story out of the news around the nerdosphere. Again, another one that Dave shared. And one, I was surprised you didn't know this, Dave, but they're making a lethal weapon five. Because nothing says box office gold like two really old dudes who were too old for this shit back in the 80s when they first made this movie. Continually, continuing to be too old for this shit. Now making movies in 2021. That's right. Lethal Weapon 5 is coming to us. And word on the street is that it may be coming to us exclusively streaming on HBO Max. So I guess here's the thing. I appreciate the Lethal Weapon movies. Um, I I would be disingenuous if I were to say that it's been like must-watch television for me at all. Like, like I think I maybe saw three once. Like, and that's that's it. I didn't know there was a four. So either I can I. Just so I guess I should find that one. But yeah, Lethal Weapon Five. As uh, suddenly the bandwagon is is now down to two. Dun, oh, no, dun, dun. Back. Can I just oh, say, he... can I just say this, Patrick? That picture of Le- the the picture that that's on this article where I found it. Yeah, oh, that's hilarious. Doesn't Mel Gibson look like Uncle Fucking Ben from Spider Man? A little bit. I just, God, I don't know, man. I like what are, I go. Yes, the picture, like, look, they're geriatric. They look old. It's kind of funny. Um, Joe Pesci's back there. So, yeah, Joe Pesci hidden. I mean, so do you, Do you, is this a movie you want to see? Is this a movie you're excited to see? Did you like the Lethal Weapon series? Where are you shaking your head? No. no I, so I liked one and two very much. I, I, I thought, which one was the most? Yeah, I mean, they're, they were good movies. There's there's nothing wrong with them. It, 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 you know, I think I'm, I've had the same reservations about this that I do about Indiana Jones five, that it's just like, aren't we a little bit old to be doing this stuff, guys? And, you know, coming from me, that's, you know, saying something. But uh, I, I, you know, I mean, it's if it's going to be on streaming on HBO Max and it's not something I got to go to the movies for. Hey, man, I'll, I'll go check it out. You know, it, it, it's one of those things. It's a franchise. I mean, you know, you talk about people you got issues with Mel Gibson. It's somebody that who I obviously going to have some issues with. I mean, I, I, is it because you're is it is it because you're fifty years old? I don't think that's the the issue I have with him. Because you're a lawyer, is that why you have a problem with? I don't think it's that one either, Pat. Is it the Jewish thing? It might have it's something a, to do with the anti-Semitism. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Tony, you love the, the Lethal Weapon movies. Is is that true? Is that if is that a correct assessment to make of your I, opinion? I, I, I very much like the Lethal Weapon movies. I don't know if that's really a four-letter word that I would use for much of anything these days, but uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to watching it. You know, much like you don't, you can enjoy the art. You don't have to enjoy the the person. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting story, though, that you know he promised to make this movie if if you know uh, an aging um, director passed and 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 that happened and. I don't know. Are you going to watch it, Dave, or no? I kind of missed the conversation. My my shit was cutting out. No, I'll I'll watch it. I, I'm just curious why you're I not on video. Are you like? Did you take your shirt off or something, or what's going on, Tony? I'm just curious. Oh, the, don't don't the women wish? No, I actually was not <laughs> on the call for about a minute earlier. How's I, that? You got me now? No, you're still. It's just Grogu. But uh, I yeah, I mean, I want to check it out. I mean, I you know, there's there's a certain nostalgia factor with any you know, I bitch about Indiana Jones five, but 
we all know nostalgia is very powerful as wrestling fans. God knows we know that. So I, I certainly wanted, you know, yeah, I mean, it depends on what else is going on, how many different series we're covering all at once and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's one that I enjoyed the lethal weapon movies. Anytime Danny Glover's around. See, I love Danny Glover. Mel can kiss my ass, but I love Danny Glover. So I want to check it out. I mean, lethal weapon was fun. Let's see what, I mean, is Renee, Renee Russo going to be in this? I don't know. Is she still in this? They haven't said anybody who's in it yet. It's just Mel Gibson's going to direct and star. Gotcha. Were you, okay, so question, because um, I never liked, like, the Joe Pesci addition to the Lethal Weapon movie. Oh, come on. So you're pro Joe Pesci? Well, and- they fuck you at the they fuck you at the drive through. They fuck you with the cell phone. You know, come on, that's like some of the greatest comedy bits of all time, right? I mean, I can understand. You know, it, it, the, the thing was is we were already to three and four. It's not like they did that in two. Look, any you good, know? any bu- I mean, good Jet, buddy Jet cop, Lee as well. Yeah, any good buddy cop movie's got to have a third guy who's like uh, clearly high on cocaine. I mean, that kind of makes but, it all good. One of them? Is there a list to sign up for this role or? <laughs> no. I don't know about it. Seriously, was Chris Rock got a vacation coming? Chris Rock. I don't think he was in a Lethal Weapon. What, Chris what? Rock. Yes, he was. He Chris was. Rock was definitely in Lethal Weapon. Jet. Chris Rock. Jet Li. Joe Pesci. Um, wasn't he the daughter's boyfriend in the first one or something? Not in the first one. Chris Rock wasn't even on Saturday Night Live when the first Chris one. Chris Rock was in the third or fourth one. He was the guy who came in as the younger cop with them uh, yeah, yeah, or with yeah. one You're of right. them. There you go. You're right. So, and and that's me. So that just. That's me pulling shit out of the air that I vaguely remember about the series. Like I just was, yeah, it was never one of my favorite buddy cop movies. Um, I think I was more of a Turner and Hooch guy and was disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. Turner and Hooch. All right. You Maybe know, when the best friend's the dog. Tango and Cash. Uh, there you go. That's a good one. No, no, it's Turner and Hooch. Sounds, like, give me, give me Tom uh, Hanks and a dog. Uh, sounds kind of rough. But I'm um, ching. That's a rough transition to get to our second commercial break. As we are just moving right along here on the bandwagon, I, I got it. I got it. I, I got. It, I got it. Oh, you can see me now. You guys can yes, see me now. See. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm doing this like you. Is that, a, is that like a Blues Clues background you have there, Tony? What is that? No, it's Pee Wee's Playhouse, man. All right. You were. This is before you got onto the conversation when I was trying Jerry, to think. Rosie. I was trying to think of a good background, and when Tony came on the call, he was doing something around his his home. So all I could see was his chair, and I was like, "Hello, Tony's chair," and he and he was like, "Oh, Cherry from Pee Wee's Playhouse." I was like, "Oh, that would have been a great idea." Instead of my background, which is from the movie Real Genius, um, Val Kilmer at his absolute best. Great movie. Anyway, nothing to do with what this show is. And that is kind of a train wreck. This is train wreck part two, Electric Boogaloo, for Dave and I this oh, week. Oh, sweet. I have a pitch now for the end of the show that's real. Oh, my God. Anyway, awesome. we're going to take our second commercial break. Before we get to the recorded commercials, where I'm going to try once again to get the full commercial break in, um, I do want to follow up on something Tony brought up and encourage you to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in a chairshot.com shirt. As Tony pointed out, I am wearing my personal favorite uh, wrestling chair shot shirt. And as the hashtag safe tag team wrestling shirt, there are all kinds of other ones, uh, other sayings and phrases from shows like everybody hates Greg hashtag journalism, stuff like that, along with some for our shows, including this show bandwagon nerds. That's right, kids. 
We have our own shirt over on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Invest in it. Spin $19.99 for a standard style uh, standard style shirt. Or if you're feeling fancy and you want to feel something soft on your giblets, go soft style for a few dollars more. As I mentioned this week, I'm willing to bet if you listen to the rest of this, uh, rest of the shows on our network, somebody somewhere will pop up with a promo code that might knock you a few dollars off as Pro Wrestling Tees has this habit of celebrating the holidays with promo codes. So be on the lookout for that. I'm sorry, I don't have it to you because I'm not that good of a member of the team. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to talk all about Spider-Man No Way Home. Very excited. All of the rumors, trailer breakdowns, and more. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Oh, much better that time. Much, much better. I stayed away from the the sound pad, so that that was a good move. Hey, Pat, Dave, your, your Bears are winning. We're not talking about football right now. Um, and don't worry, go find a way to blow it. Um, Tony, I love that while you were we were about your chair kept fading into and out of the background. It's like it wanted to be there, then it didn't want to be there, then it wanted to be there, and then it didn't want to be there. It was great. It's like Cherry coming to to come get us from the peewee's playhouse uh uh setup that we got there and that chair no chair chair no chair creepy anyway a trailer dropped this week and it's a trailer that i'm talking about i know right yeah i've never watched a trailer more times than i watched this trailer i I'm of course, speaking of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, the final trailer dropping before it releases in theaters on December 17th. Probably going to go see it at midnight. Haven't decided yet. I, 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 I Who am I kidding? I'm going to go see this thing at midnight. I'm going to go see it at midnight. I love the movie too. I, I love the character too much to not ruin my, my Friday morning at work because I have to be there Friday morning at work to see the next day because the campus closes. Um, but just initial reactions, Tony, you look like you were getting ready to speak a couple times here. You go first, your reaction to the Spider-Man no way home trailer. No, I'm just like agreeing with everything you've said. I've, I know I've talked about here going to, to get back into the movie theaters and haven't really done it, even though I've kind of set my mind to do it with a few movies that have come out, but it 
if we don't before this comes out, it's going to happen. This one looks really good. It looks like it's going to have a gigantic impact on what's going to happen moving forward. So, I mean, just to see this full trailer and get, you know, invigorated once again with everything that's going to be happening. And then the little bit of news I won't spoil that we're going to get into shortly that could possibly be something that happens once this movie comes to fruition before you leave the movie theater um, should, could, could be really interesting as well. So um, I, I, man, Bart Scott, can't wait. <laughs> Dave, your reactions to the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer before we start, before I go into breakdown mode. Yeah, I think we had uh, we'd exchanged messages that day, uh, drawing comparisons between that trailer and Phantom Menace as to just hype and anticipation and people going absolutely crazy about this trailer. And I think it, for the most part, it delivered. You know, there there's aspects of it that you, they didn't give you, which is fine. They're not going to give you all that stuff. But uh, yeah, there's so much going on. You you, it's clear that the multiverse is in full swing. There's, you know, you got Doc Ock, you got possibly multiple goblins, you got Electro with an entirely new look. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how you can just give an overview. It was fantastic. It was, it was a great trailer. It opens up so many possibilities that it's a little, you know, it, like your head will spin after watching that trailer a few times. Like, wow, where the hell are we going? So, yeah, I, I don't think there's any way to do it without really getting into the minutiae of all this. I mean, all you had to say was I really liked the trailer and was really excited for see like Tony did it. And, and then you, I mean, you just can't not analyze. I, I actually have come to, I've, I've made my peace with this. When I say, Dave, what did you think of the thing? I know what I'm going to, it's the lawyer in you. I backed like, away you gotta a break. lot at the end there. So. You tried really hard. Like I appreciate it. And yet at the same time, you still had to be like, were there two goblins? What's going on? I, and that's fine. I appreciate you for it because this trailer it finally answered the question. Uh, at least it answered most of the question as to what Peter is going to be up against. And it also answered a couple of other questions that surprised me a little bit in that I was curious as to how the spell was going to go wrong and how far the spell was going to go wrong. Was it, did Peter Parker get thrust into another dimension or and it appears to be we're pulling things from other dimensions, other realities into this kind of MCU prime. Uh, at least that's that's kind of the impression they give with the, the, the lines from Doctor Strange. We got to see five bad guys that we know of for certain. Uh, are, you named most of them. Is this a multiple multi-universe thing, though? Like, I mean, are they the bad guys so. from this timeline or do you know what I'm saying? Cause it looks like Dr. Strange said you kind of set everything off when, you know, that spell didn't work to make everybody not remember, you know, that Peter Parker well, is Spider-Man. It's so. interesting. He blames Peter for botching the spell, not himself. It's like, aren't you the sorcerer right. Supreme? Well, so how did he write right. this whole right. thing up? Well, then I think it's like Zendaya who's in there, right? Play, playing, um, um, uh, the female lead is, MJ. yeah. And, um, She's like, you know, maybe you could learn a few magic, you know, starting with the word please. <laughs> well, and here, here's the thing: is this? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a little uh, Star Wars thing. Um, what he said was true from a certain point of view, because if you go back to uh, the first trailer, 
where Doctor Strange is trying to focus and cast that spell, Peter Parker keeps talking and distracting him and interrupting him and basically wants to walk back on who can remember and who can't remember. So from Doctor Strange's arrogant, I'm better than everyone else perspective, I didn't screw up the spell. You messed up the spell by continuing to incessantly talk and pull away from his magical. So I, I kind of, I, I get that Stephen Strange is arrogant enough that he would absolutely put it on somebody else as, as much as himself. Um, the other thing that you notice is that people obviously don't remember, um, people obviously remember at least the people that matter to him, Ned and MJ know full well who he still is. Uh, and it appears at some point that Doc Ock, um, at the very least is captured by them, maybe working with them, who knows? Um, that's the thing I loved about this. I talked about this when when um, I, I even shared this on Twitter. I, every time I went back and rewatched the trailer, I would look for new things and things that caught my attention. There are two different looking Green Goblins. Now, there is also some art floating around out there that says this, um, that there could be a, an updated Goblin look and that it's Willem Dafoe in both instances. Maybe, I don't know, because the second goblin that you see in this trail on a gr- on a glider about two minutes in looks a heck of a lot like the Harry Osborn goblin from Spider-Man 3. Now, it may not be, because that would be a big get to have James Franco secretly in the movie and show him as a CGI character. Well, that's what I'm asking too, though. Is it piques my interest? Is like, are we doing the multiverse thing here, where we're getting, oh, absolutely. you know, I think it's absolutely the multiverse. I think that these are because there's that line where Doctor Strange and um, Doctor Octopus both talk about how he's chasing ghosts. I also wonder if they're the actual, you know, if the, if the multiverse are these are iterations from those movies, or if they're iterations from different universes that look like those characters from those movies and dr octopus is the one that kind of stands out to me because one of the other things that i noticed it looks an awful lot like dr octopus has stark tech on his arms um at one, on his mechanical arms that distinct red and gold of nanites from 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 uh, from iron man from tony stark are, show up there and so are these those versions I wow. Um, I tend to think that it's that they've ripped a hole in the multiverse, and it's just I, I I do think it's the actual. I just think it's the actual characters coming. They're all of them coming through. That there's some hole that they've torn in the multiverse, and and it just affects all iterations of Spider-Man. Or I don't know, but I I, I do tend to think that it's going to be the Goblin from the 2002 Spider-Man and Electro and Lizard from the uh, Andrew Garfield variation of things and then you've got you know who knows who we're going to get from i mean yeah rumors are all over the place about who we're going to get from the tom holland universe that i know we're going to talk about as to jumping in here but yeah right we know we've got doc ock we know we got lizard electro we know we got a goblin or two we got sandman um how many other villains can we get in there you know are we going to get venom are we going to get who knows what from from any of these movies well, that's a legitimate Mephisto. question. It's going to be Mephisto. It could be Mephisto. <laughs> and, and, and Dave, you also asked a legitimate question because the big question that's been floating around here is everybody's going Sinister Six. 
right? Like everyone's talking Sinister Six. And if you go with the theory that the second picture of the Green Goblin later in the trailer is the updated Willem Dafoe costume, then we're still at five. Because you've got Dr. Octopus, Sandman, the Lizard, Green Goblin, Electro, which, by the way, Jamie Foxx looks completely different from the Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. He's wearing a suit of some sort that harnesses electricity. It isn't him himself being electricity. So that was interesting in its own right as well. Which is why comic Electro. Quite a bit. And they had a nice nod to the comic with his original face mask formed out of electricity at one point. I remember being like, oh, that's really nice. So... There's this question of who is the sixth, and that's what then brought in these wonderful rumors floating about. Uh, but you mentioned uh, Venom. I mean, we we see him uh, apparently in the movie, or at least in that universe, at the end of the at the end of the of Let There Be Carnage. Like he's in a hotel room, a very nice hotel room, and on a TV he sees Spider Man, and they're like. I must go. I need to go after that. Um, Michael Keaton gave an interview this past week on a late night talk show. And he said, I'm going to go do some filming. And the um, interviewer, I can't remember which show it was, was like, what are you doing? And he said, vulture stuff. And so, of course, people were like, vulture. Now, spoiler alert. I don't think it's for Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, what do you think of Venom or some Venom spinoff or something? I, no, I think it's um, I think it's um, uh, Morpheus, Morbius. Yeah, there you go. Because yep. no, Morbius, and well, we also know. Oh, go ahead. We also heard the fact that maybe it's like uh, uh you know, post movie, you know, mid credit scene. Yeah, it could be. That that is a, that is a possibility too. As as in Morbius. I mean, didn't some something like that happen too? They mentioned um. Joss Whedon didn't he film something the that Avengers. was posted that like during yeah. after the junket and everything? Right. They um they did a special in the restaurant shawarma scene at the very very end of the Avengers yeah, uh, because Chris because Chris Evans had grown out his beard for um, Snowpiercer and they uh, they just had him covering his face with his hand basically because unlike Joss Whedon in the Justice League. We we didn't mess up Henry Cavill's face, so did he grow a mustache? Uh, who, Chris, Chris Evans? Evans? Yeah, no, he grew a full beard, dude. He grew to, he had a full on beard, so that's why if you look, like he's just holding his face like this, and he's not eating anything. He's just because he's covering up so that it so that he didn't have to shave his beard for that movie that he did. Um, we had we had an actor troll. The Spider-Man faithful as well as Vincent D'Onofrio putting out tweets being like, this looks interesting. I love the Marvel stuff. I know everyone's like, does that mean the Kingpin is the king? Which, by the way, if the Kingpin were to show up, I might um, stop pants a little bit. Um, Because the Kingpin is my absolute favorite Spider-Man villain. More so than the Green Goblin. More so than Dr. Octopus. I know he's just as well known as a daredevil villain but to me he will always be a spider-man villain and there's a lot of things wrong with one more day but the one thing that was great about one more day was peter parker beating the absolute piss out of wilson fisk in prison 
after he finds out that Fisk was the one who went after Aunt May. Ah, oh, look, I, I would I, die. I tend to and agree with you that I tend to agree that it's trolling. But then again, if you look at the uh, other rumors circulating that Charlie Cox is going to be in here, and this is how we're going to introduce Daredevil, then is Kingpin really that big of a stretch? I mean, I know we're throwing endgame levels of characters into this one movie, but I mean, it, it feels like a troll, but there's that part of you that is saying, well, well maybe not. Charlie Cox, I, that's the other thing is everybody keeps saying Charlie Cox is in this movie, but Charlie Cox hasn't said he's in this movie. He's not, I mean, he's denied it quite a And I know we're going to get to a couple of other, we got to go to at least one other guy who's denied things heavily that we're about to say bullshit. But I, there's, there's a lot. It's a long movie though, too. Remember it's well over two hours long. It's almost three. Where would you put Spider-Man's villains as to his rogues gallery, whatever you want to call about it? Uh, where would you put it, you know, all time in, in, in superhero lore, any Marvel DC outsider, I mean, Batman's obviously me, number Batman number two behind Batman. Yep. In my okay, opinion. I was going to say Batman's yeah. number one, but I mean, for all the lack of having quality villains on the, you know, on that side of the game, like that's the one spot that they thrive in there. I I think so. That's you know, you bring up Kingpin and everything else. So, I think the I think the only other Marvel Rogues Gallery that competes with Spider Man is the X Men, um, and the X Men is just it's such a a huge overarching global group of, of rogues gallery that it, that it makes you, I mean, there are a few figures as Titanic as Magneto in the MCU, you know, next to Dr. Doom himself. So yeah, it's, it's to me, it's the number two in all of comics. Something for the decathlon to discuss pretty soon. We'll get to the decathlon like seven, you know, 2027. Nice. Uh, hashtag Okay. Here's the other thing that eagle-eyed people have spotted out of this trailer as there is a moment at the end of the trailer where we see Sandman, we see Electro, and we see the Lizard all leaping towards a singular Spider-Man. But it kind of looks like the villains are paying attention to other stuff. And in one now edited version of the trailer, John Cena hit the lizard because you can't see him i yeah so i think i think we all know this but let's let's just do it real quick around the table we're getting two other spider-man in this movie right yeah so there the story that in the picture i sent you the one where it actually has a three spider-man supposedly came from brazil where it was unedited right. footage and then, oh, I, I said that too and so in that one you've got toby mcguire spider-man you've got tom hollins you got andrew garfield and if you really watch that trailer, like you're saying, yeah, something goes right by Lizard. And you're like, okay, well, what's he watching? Because the other Spider-Man's way up above. So it doesn't make any sense. I, and I think that, yeah, there it, it is, you know, Andrew Garfield. Tobey Maguire's been curiously quiet. Andrew Garfield's been vocal about, no, I'm not in it, which sounds like bullshit right. to me. But I, I think, yeah, we're going to get multiple Spider-Men, and it's going to be... It, I, I hope I hope we got those three. I hope Miles comes into this thing. You can never have too many Spider-Men. They're, they're scrolls. <laughs> damn it. No, no, stop it. Stop, stop. stop. Ah! On you. Uh, I uh, thought Ray Cash I knew was, there was a good show. I, I knew there was a I good thought... idea at the bottom of this beer. Oh, uh, man. You know, I thought Ray Cash was 
not kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kidding. I'm kidding. I agree with you guys. I do. I really do. Uh, I yes. I th- to, there's no question in my mind. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that the hand reaching for MJ uh, might not be Tom Holland's hand. Might also be uh, Andrew Garfield's hand. I, I will say this: not only is our Andrew Garfield like protesting that he's in this movie, but his like protesting of like the amazing Spider-Man two movie making experience has been quite some great theater to, to listen to and, and read. Uh, he, uh, he, he, he either really hates Spider-Man or he really hates superhero movies, or he just wants us to really believe he hates superhero movies. Cause man, earlier this week, he was saying that he pitched to them that that Peter should, uh, should be gay. In his version of stuff, well, not really gay, um, as Bye. so much as Bye. I like attracted to. I can't remember who it was that he said he should be attracted to, but it was, it was one of those things that, I whatever. And, and if you read the quote, it's not like he went to the studio execs is like, hey, what do we do this? It was really like, who's to say he couldn't be? Why couldn't we do it this way? And and I think that's a different level of context than, than sort of what, what went around with him. But since we're on the topic of negative journalism, I had to share this article, and I'm sure Dave read it. Um, and I, don't, and Tony I did, did all my homework this week. I had a boy, because uh, I do believe it was either Dave or Ray, who when I shared the article gave the thumbs down, which I expected the thumbs down on this article. And I'm just going to read the title of the article because I think that the title of the article itself is, uh, is something that's um, interesting all on its own. And that was, is Spider-Man no way home a movie? Hmm. No, go ahead. Or or an ego trip. And this was written by a a person by the name of Justin Carter uh, yesterday, so Saturday, because we record on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. is when this was posted. And I read it, and I went, well, this is somebody getting pre-mad at a movie and then sent it to the bandwagon because I was like, let's tear this guy down a little bit. And so I turned to Dave, who is easing the tension in his forehead. Sir, your response to Justin Carter an ego trip. I, I don't, I mean, how is it an ego trip? Because they can do this. And, and that Marvel is like the only studio that I can recall that can actually pull off these grand, ridiculously overpopulated, oversaturated movies with multiple characters and they can pull it off. So if you can do that, why shouldn't you do that? And why is this like an ego? Tri- I don't, I, I didn't understand what he was really kind of, kind of going on about this whole thing. And it's like, well, they, if they can pull this off, why shouldn't they? I, you know, I don't know. I, and here's, here's what I thought was really interesting about it. Cause when I read the article, the guy base or Justin basically makes this argument that, that Marvel's doing this to, to rub it in Sony's face. And, and I'm like, hey, here's the thing is we, we do podcasts about professional wrestling. It's like the most, this is like the most, like professional wrestling opinion column I've read in a long time, like basically saying that Marvel's like the evil empire. Cause this person also then goes on to trash Shang-Chi. He goes on to trash the Eternals. Like it's to me, it felt like this person like, and, and here's the thing is this is a movie that hasn't come out yet. 
Like, you haven't seen the movie. Critics haven't seen the movie yet. So, I, I guess, how can you write this article? How can you make this statement when you haven't seen the movie? You are pre-mad about something that hasn't come out yet. And, I, Tony, what's up with that? I, I think, you know, as a show, we fell for it. Like, this is just someone trying to get people to pay attention to that person. And I got to tell you, I lied. I, I did most of my homework. I read the fucking, uh, I, I hit the link. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to what it is. I just hit the links because I know I'm going to have to read it anyway. And I read the title and like the first and second sentence. And I went, nope, I'm good here. <laughs> so this does lead to a to a question that I, I think we've we've kind of, danced around a little bit but it feels like maybe at least for some critics mcu backlash is here uh it's a real thing are we pollyannas here on the bandwagon are we just looking through this through marvel colored glasses what is this backlash real and is it fair? And if it isn't fair, why, why are we seeing this? Why is this backlash happening now? I guess like, why been, is this new phase really giving people a hard time? What else is, where's the rest of the backlash? Well, you look at the, you look at the poor reviews for the Eternals and the complaints that it wasn't what it was supposed to be. There is some heavy criticism. How much, criticism how, much on did that, how much did it make? How much did the movie well, make? It's opening fans, weekend? fans did fine. It sounds like the, the people who are, you know, having their opinion put out there and listened to decided, well, we're going to go the political route. And as long as we can have opinions that people don't want to listen to, they'll get listened to even more. Right. Like it's like CNN and, and, and Fox news and, and MSNBC is they both pay the other side to be, you know, uh, uh, polarizing so that they can make money. And it's just ridiculous. It's just enjoy the content, right? It's the only thing that's brand new as far as stories that are being brought to, to, to the, to the big screen, like that haven't been put there before. Everything else is a retread. We just talked about lethal weapon fucking five, give people who don't know these comic book stories, a chance to do have as many fucking people in there as you want. I mean, Devontae Adams has seven touchdowns in his last three games. If he wants to be a Marvel superhero, I don't really care. Nice segue. Um, you've got multiple directors the last few weeks or last couple months talking about how Marvel's all cookie cutter, that there's Dennis, right, Bay, right. the guy who de- directed Dune and a couple other people's. And it's Ridley Scott. Yeah, it's like it's like to me, it really sounds like professional jealousy. It's like you guys are just pissed off that Marvel rules the world right now and you're trying to drag them down. For whatever, you know, for your own ego, is that what you want to do? Because, yeah, reading this art, you know, going back to the article that we're just talking about, this guy is just kind of taking a shit on all the ideas that we as fans are looking forward to. Oh, we're going to get Dr. Doom. Oh, yes, I want that. Galactus won't be a cloud. Great. You know, do we really need to take a third stab at the Dark Phoenix saga? Yes, if it's done right. You know, so it's like, stop bitching about stuff you don't care about. That we as fans I, do. I, don't, I, I will. I will put it out there. I don't need another attempt at Dark Phoenix. If it's done right, I'm. I want to see but, it. But I guess I disagree because you have so many other X Men stories you could tell. Like seriously, House of M. Um, it just for Asteroid M. Like hell, if you want to go that far. Like I just feel like 
I feel like there's so many other directions to go with X-Men. It's the same thing with the Avengers, right? When they went Thanos, like I wasn't expecting Thanos, but when I saw Thanos, I was like, yes, I hope they do that with the X-Men whenever we see the X-Men. Um, because I can, I can show you three different attempts on the Phoenix saga, two of which I know you've seen Dave, one of which I need you to go see, uh, cause it's the best crack at it that you will see. And that's the X-Men, the animated series version. Um, it has the Phoenix saga and the dark Phoenix saga. Uh, and you should just watch those two segments. Don't try to watch it in the way the show order went because they got all jacked up on Fox and pulled stuff out of order. And it's weird because like Jean Grey's back, but then like they do the dark Phoenix saga. It's bizarro. Um, anyhow. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not, I can't say that I'm surprised by some of this sort of, backlash for for lack of a way better way to describe it i'm a little disappointed in it i will agree that i think that there's been a bit of a a, a transition issue from in game to what we're seeing now as we have to recalibrate and rebuild another story and i'm not saying that in a bad way and i'm not saying that things have been necessarily like not good entertainment but it's it's such a different pace uh, and I think that I would argue that some of what we're seeing right now is the MCU itself recalibrating and finding itself as it tries to get itself heading in the direction that they want to go next. And so yeah. maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just a little clunky right now as they kind of reestablish things. Yeah. I mean, people want instant gratification. We want phase four to be as cohesive as we were at the end of phase three. It's like, well, that we just got done telling that story. Why don't you give them a chance? to at least set the foundation for where we're going before you shit all over the product. And, Oh, Shang-Chi is not the kind of uh, character I want. All right. Well, give it some time. Go ahead, Tony. Speaking of Shang-Chi and said actor who played Shang-Chi, uh, Simu, Simu Liu, right? Am I saying that right? Oh yeah. Phenomenal on Saturday night live as we record the next day, last night, just sketch up one of the best Saturday night, like I'm a Saturday Night Live nerd. Uh, one of the best Saturday Night Lives from from beginning to end that I've seen in three or four years. Really, wow. really well done. Really, really well done. I, I shared a, a, a certain segment that I, with you guys in the chat, but uh, just wanted to give him a shout out to his range and its ability to create a laugh was really good. Shang Chi, bad. not bad for a stock footage photo model uh if, if you look at where he started and i'm sure they made fun of it on snl yes his, his opening monologue def- definitely made fun of exactly that like uh you know way back in 2012 i said we need a chinese superhero and you know they must have listened <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff all right yeah so there you have it folks yes we do see some of this backlash no we don't think it's legit people need to calm down that's that's our opinion and now you know and now you know and knowing is half the battle is mayonnaise an instrument what a go jellyfishing what am i supposed to do all day while you're at school can i use your bathroom who's your friend what does claustrophobic mean <laughs> you know what the problem is <laughs> I love football season with bandwagon nerds. If for no other reason 
that Tani's facial expressions tell you exactly how his team is doing on this Skype call. Skype call. As I think I watched like hope to despair to rage, like all throughout this whole hour and a half that we've been on this call. And it's, it's great stuff. Um, don't ever, don't ever stop being. Oh, and there, there's some more. Don't, don't ever stop being you never stop stopping. Tony. I love it. So don't stop believing. PC. I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous about this segment now, fellas, just watching the two of you be like, I have pitch ideas because my thing, and it was so funny that you brought it up earlier in the show, Tony. My thing was, so pitch me on why we should cover the six-episode Hawkeye series on the show as opposed to in the nerd review as we agreed to back last month so that we weren't doing three show reviews at a point during this you know, during this little end run in November slash December. But it sounds like the two of you came up with your own pitch ideas. So I'm just going to open the floor to – we'll go Dave first. Pitch me – on whatever magical concept you would like to pitch me on. What is your pitch, David Ungar? We should do on the Nerd Review, the Harry Potter series, to force Tony to watch the movies and write about them. So Tony has writing. to write the Nerd I'm not Review. I'm not writing about them. But you're so good at it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, sure I, like I am. On something that you actually are trying to pitch Tony uh, to, to do. Uh, I mean, the Harry Potters are uh, Potter films are they, like they're nerd classics. Like, there's no argument there. They're they're terrific films, and you know, as the director shifted, you know, just as you kind of noted, uh, totally they they alter so much um, from from what you see with Chris Columbus to then Prisoner of Azkaban is when the first one moves away. Uh, from Chris Columbus. I think it's like Alfonso Cuaron or something like that is, is three. Goblet had a different one, and then five, six, seven, and eight had whoever it was at the end. I don't remember. David something. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tony, you said you came up with a pitch idea, something to pitch me. Pitch me your idea, sir. Okay, a real idea here is we should have at least one. Maybe we could do it once a month or whatever episode of bandwagon nerds broadcast uh using our restream which we have access to which would put out our video while we podcast so you can see our beautiful backgrounds my wonderful football expressions the 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 discord and discontent that we have for each other at certain points and we can also put it up there on the chair shot at its regular time chair shot radio network but it would be a way for, you know, once in a great while for listeners to become viewers and see what actually happens live when we record on Sunday afternoons. If you would check it out uh, at Chairshot Media on, on Twitter, Facebook, and maybe we can Instagram account. So that's my pitch to one Patrick Val O. Kilmer Dowd. Val O. Kilmer Dowd. I was wondering where you were going with that. That is a heck of a pitch uh, a pitch sorry i lost my voice there as as pre-cold continues um I, I i will consider that pitch i will consider it the nerd review pitch as well i don't know if we'll get tony on board i mean he was adamantly against it david but i mean that's eight easy that's eight movies in the bag that i've watched on more than I'll one watch them. only I'll against watch writing him. about him yeah that's, that's exactly 
That's fair. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to wait and see. Unfortunately, with Ray Cash not being here. Oh, yeah. They were happy that Ray's not here. Uh, he doesn't get to pitch me on why we get to why we're going to not review Hawkeye, um, which, by the way, does debut next week uh, when I'm not going to be on the show. Um, so I'm already you feeling like you already know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, we're right. enjoy, enjoy your one episode of talking about Hawkeye. Well, they're dropping uh, the first two, so we'll be stuck then. Enjoy, enjoy your two episodes that you get to talk about on Hawkeye. Because it won't be on the rundown when I come back. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, since we're ahead of schedule, can I throw something out? Just to discuss. What do you want to throw out? So. Yeah, we got like 20 minutes left. Yeah, I mean, did we all watch? Right, did, we all watch about. did we all I'm watch Wheel of Time? Did we all watch Wheel of Time? Have we all watched that? No. I mean. No. I have watched the first three episodes, yes. So, so yeah, we binged um, it last night. So, uh, interesting series so far. I dig it. Yeah, I here's the thing that I, I think I've mentioned this on the show or um, in the chat in terms of the story it's telling and, and just the, the actors and the performance is great. The special effects though, man, especially on a 4k television, they look pretty video gamey for us, a, a show that's $10 million an episode. Are you talking about the Trollocs or what, are, what exactly are you I'm talking about? The Trollocs. I'm talking about the magic. I'm talking like anytime special effects really shows up and rears its face. It's like, Oh man, they, it just, they didn't blend it well. And it's not enough to make me not enjoy the show, but it is definitely a detractor to the overall, like you compare it to the quality of special effects we get with the boys you know, same company and it's not even close. Like, and the boys has been doing it on a smaller budget. So I do think it's worth the watch. If you have an Amazon prime account, uh, especially if you enjoy fantasy, it is not game of Thrones. Stop comparing it to game of Thrones. The only thing that's similar between it and game of Thrones is that there are people who hold swords. That's no, it's, it. It's more Lord of the Rings and game of Thrones. That's for sure. Absolutely. You are 1000% correct. So, all right. That is going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds because, as I mentioned, I'm a little under the weather uh, and, frankly, want to go take a nap. So that is that is how we are wrapping this podcast today. Before we go, Dave, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you out there in the interwebs? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And, uh, yeah, those are the uh, those are the big ones. PC Tunny. You can find me at PC Tunny on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, send complaints to at it's me DPP and continue to listen to everything. Cheer shot radio network on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And I do have to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Cause we won't talk to you again until after the holidays. That is true. Happy Thanksgiving. Orville, the turkey arrived to the house today. Can we find a better like protein to eat than turkey. Ugh. I love turkey, man. Don't, don't even start this conversation. Anyway, you are a turkey. Uh, I am a turkey. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fourth member of our bandwagon. Make sure that you follow Ray Cash at its Ray Cash. That is at its Ray as in Mysterio R E Y Cash C A S H. A best uh, Thanksgiving Twitter handle out there right now: Cash Potatoes and Ravy. 
Very, very well done, well thought out. And you can follow me at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Make sure that you follow me and also follow the podcast at Bandwagon Nerds. Ray kicked off his first poll, character poll last week, Moon Knight getting the win. He did a great, great job, extensive look at the history of the character and a lot of good information. And I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Tony has left the chair in frustration. <laughs> Make sure you get yourself out of the basement and into the sun. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everyone. We will see you next week on Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. This connection between me and Voldemort. What if the reason for it is that I am becoming more like him? I, I just feel so angry all the time. And what if after everything that I've been through, something's gone wrong inside me? What if I'm becoming bad? I want you to listen to me very carefully, Harry. You're not... A bad person. You're a very good person who bad things have happened to. You understand? Besides, the world isn't split into good people and death eaters. We've all got both light and dark inside us. What matters is the part we choose to act on. That's who we really are. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.